Hi everybody, my name is Jennifer Elliott and welcome to 48 Minutes Unplugged. A few weeks ago, we launched our brand new podcast series with an introductory interview with our founder, Caroline Gavens. Thanks for your massive response and feedback. We are glad you enjoyed it. If you haven't heard it yet, please do and let us know what you think. So it's a rather typical gloomy Northern European winter day today and the weather seems to have hit my throat. So apologies in advance if I sound a bit nasal. In this podcast, we interview leaders who we think are inspiring. We rapid fire questions at them to discover what makes them stand out. We believe the world today more than ever needs inspiring leaders. Leaders who are good at what they do, but stand out in the way they do it, are able to keep focus in a rapidly changing world and have impact that reaches further. Before each interview, we do a breathing exercise to bring us both intentionally into the moment, here and now. We intentionally do not disclose the questions in advance because we would like to get intuitive, heartfelt answers and really get to know the person behind the title. The questions have no logical order and that might at times feel uneasy. After 48 minutes, you will hear a tone, which means the interview will come to an end, no matter how exciting the content is at that moment. So let's go and welcome our first real guest. She's sitting here in front of me with a broad, sunny smile. Anne Glass, Global Vice President of Supply Chain Planning, Consumer Health Division at Johnson Johnson and former Vice President at Nike. And since recently, also godmother of our 48 Hours Unplugged. Welcome, Anne. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Jennifer. It's an honor. So are you feeling sunny or gloomy today? Sunny, as usual. <laughs> good. Healthy or nasal like me? Healthy. <laughs> also good. Better. Uh, so here we go. Nuts and bolts, whatever comes to mind first. Out of interest, do you have a nickname? Actually, I, I don't have a nickname. Apart maybe from... Uh, my husband has a nickname for me. I'm tall and he's even taller. Mm -hmm. So he affectionately calls me Kleine, which I guess is a, a Dutch uh, affectionate uh, way of calling me short. Yeah. Or shorty. Sweet. Uh, on a more serious topic, um, you have a massive responsibility. Consumer Health is a $14 billion business at Johnson Johnson. It's focused on over-the-counter medicine, skin health, and other essential products, touching 1.2 billion people annually. You directly lead a team of 80 people spread across the, across the globe and indirectly over 900 supply chain planners. That's right. Does that responsibility ever keep you awake at night? Uh, yeah, yes, of course it does. Um, and it keeps me awake, I guess, along two dimensions. Um, the first dimension would be our business result, right? Are we mm -hmm. delivering profitable growth for the business so that the business can continue to thrive? And with that, right, we can continue to help people live their healthiest lives as well as have a solid foundation for employees to um, um, to thrive as well. So I think what keeps me up is making sure that we hit um, our business result. And, you know, not every day is a, a walk in the park. We do, you know, hit some speed bumps here and there where we are accountable and responsible to um, to find solutions. The second dimension for sure um, is around people and leadership. Mm -hmm. 
what keeps me up at night is this question of am I doing this right and am I doing enough mm-hmm. um, to make sure that the people I work with directly feel supported feel that they they can do their best work feel that they're learning and growing and feel that um, I have their back no matter what and so I think uh, yeah it does keep me up at night it's a uh, a bar you set for yourself and, mm-hmm. and you hope um, do your, you do your best and, and you hope that that resonates with others. Mm-hmm. And why did you go into supply chain planning? Ah, oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm a supply chain girl at heart. I mm-hmm. think uh, throughout my university studies actually I have a master's in supply chain management or operations management and um, even in my studies got to visit several factories from a cookie factory to a steel mill to, I remember, a a high-tech chip manufacturer. And I was just inspired and in awe um, for that conversion and that hands-on kind of production of stuff. And so um, I started my career in supply chain and and, uh, followed multiple roles along the supply chain from working with retailers to working with factories. Uh, but then specifically planning, because I think a lot of people wouldn't know um, what you do, what we do in supply chain planning. Um, the role in supply chain planning really helps to orchestrate all that activity along the entire supply chain, and helps to make sure that we that we make whatever is required in the marketplace when it's required in the marketplace, so that our consumers can be delighted by our product whenever wherever they shop. And so, in in planning, you think system wide, you think broadly. You think trade-offs, you are a problem solver when things you know don't quite fit in our capacity picture, for example, and you know the consumer intimately well because you have to really understand what um, what product will resonate with them. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, I stumbled into it, mm-hmm. uh, stayed in it, got further uh, opportunities, mm-hmm. and, uh, and here we are. Nice. Are you a coffee or a tea person? Oh, a coffee person, massively. That was quick. Coffee addicts would be a good uh, a good description. Have you read a life changing book? I have. I I have, um, and maybe even several at different stages and phases of life. Uh, the one that stands out to me recently, uh, that I read maybe a year and a half ago now, mm-hmm. was um, the Power of Now mm-hmm. by um, Eckhart Tolle, which yeah. was a recommendation by a friend. And that had a profound impact uh, on me, life-changing in the sense that there really is only the current moment. Mm-hmm. And there, it really only is the current moment we live in. So this this notion of um, if only this, if only that, mm-hmm. then I'll be happy doesn't exist. Nor regrets over the past don't help anyone either. So yeah. the only moment we have is today, and we can only try in this moment to be our happiest most vibrant selves exactly um what does inspiring leadership mean to you inspiring leadership to me is about connection it's about the ability to uh, either one-on-one or in broader forms um, connect with others Mm -hmm. i find inspiring leaders leaders who you know, no matter their accountability, no matter the level of their responsibility, no, no matter the crisis that they're in, um, are able to portray a sense of purpose, a sense of destination. Hey, here's where we're going. 
think about where we could be going and are able to inspire others to follow their journey. So for me, that's a um, inspiring leadership. Mm-hmm. This notion, this, this ability to, to, to connect um, others to a broader framework, a broader mm-hmm. purpose, uh, a broader reason of being. What makes leaders uninspiring? Um, I think that what makes who what makes a leader uninspiring is when they're um, maybe unavailable mm-hmm. and maybe not connected to that mm-hmm. broader purpose, right? In the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. maybe not seeing the bigger picture mm-hmm. and really drill. Or uh, let me rephrase that a little bit. And then I guess drilling down on the um, on all the things that are going wrong, and not building on all the things that are going right. Mm-hmm. I uh, I actually I don't know if 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 we have time if we don't have time mm-hmm. for this you can move me along. But I actually just this morning saw something you know come by on LinkedIn that I thought was brilliant in mm-hmm. terms of inspiring or uninspiring leadership. Mm-hmm. Someone who wrote about you know what happens when you get a puppy, and your puppy is naughty when they're you know when you just bring him to your home. Um, punishment actually doesn't work with puppies, but rewarding the behavior you want to see um, helps them grow and thrive mm-hmm. and be a quote-unquote good puppy. Yeah. And so I think uh, this notion of seeing the good in people, mm-hmm. seeing the good intent, um, supporting that and helping others grow and learn mm-hmm. is inspiring leadership. And the opposite of that is uninspiring, when you just yeah. hammer people down mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Look yeah. their performance in, in that kind of light. Mm-hmm. You talked about um, purpose. Mm-hmm. Do you know what your purpose is? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm honing in on it. Mm-hmm. And it's a big question, right? This yeah. notion of purpose mm-hmm. was this big daunting thing that I was never able to articulate. Um, and it's morphed over time. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, about two years ago, I would have said my purpose is to bring positive Mm-hmm. and mindful leadership to boardrooms and beyond. That was mm-hmm. kind of my goal, to yeah. be a, a lighthouse, if you will, of positivity mm-hmm. and mindfulness um, in this fast-paced world. Um, and I think recently I, I wanted to add to that or morph it into, I'd love to be able to help others live their most vibrant lives. This notion of vibrancy in our lives, this notion of... Um, this notion of there's no work versus life, no balance, it's all integrated, we live one life. Mm-hmm. And discovering in ourselves what makes us most inspired, most creative, most innovative, most vibrant mm-hmm. is what I hope to help others find in themselves mm-hmm. uh, as much as I try to do for myself mm-hmm. as well. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when do you feel most vibrant? I feel most vibrant. Oh, there's a couple of different scenarios. This can go a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. I feel incredibly vibrant on the dance floor, however okay. bizarre that may feel. Love it. Um, and and I then say, you know, not in a classical ballroom type setting, but uh, you know, a good party, mm-hmm. great music, great atmosphere. That's a place where I feel super vibrant and can mm-hmm. let go, and flowy, if mm-hmm. you will. Do you dance like no one is watching? Sometimes. <laughs> When I'm alone, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel vibrant, you mm-hmm. know, dancing, for example. I feel vibrant with my kids. Mm-hmm. I feel vibrant when, 
you know, my kids snuggle up to me and, and, or we have kind of a spontaneous, beautiful conversation. I can really feel intensely alive. I feel vibrant in the mountains mm -hmm. and I feel really, really vibrant when you're just having a really strong, powerful connection with others. Uh, could be in a business meeting, um, but vibrancy is about connection. Again, just like inspiring leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, so we talked about your responsibility. Um, when in your career for the first time did you feel successful? Have I ever? <laughs> Good question. Have I ever? Um, for the first time, felt successful. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's it's really that's a great question. Um, there's an example, and this goes way back. Um, so I, you know, in the early years of my career, um, I was very, I'm very, I'm a very rational, very driven. Mm -hmm person and so everything I did was about process, uh, root cause analysis, problem solving, uh, kind of all the rational things of business. Um, until one day I was faced with a team member who um, didn't perform quite at the level, this was a director who wasn't quite performing at that level, had some complicating factors at home and, um, and I had to make a really tough decision. Um, and we worked with that individual and ultimately decided, you know, there was a better suitable um, role um, for this person, which actually was a demotion. Mm -hmm. uh, could stay with the company, but, but a demotion and a role that uh, much, much better suited um, that person's, that individual's talents. And um, I remember having the dialogue multiple times that in itself was hard because the individual at first didn't recognize kind of what, you know, we were trying, what I was trying mm -hmm. to tell. Um, that person, uh, but ultimately, so we had we, we moved to another department, started a new job, and that was I mean that was um, difficult in that moment for me. However, months later, I walked into my office and there was this huge, enormous bouquet of flowers mm -hmm. on my desk, and it turned out that the flowers were from that particular individual, um, thanking me for helping uh, helping him see that other role. Was better suited and he had really thrived in that position mm -hmm. and i think that's the earliest memory in my career of me feeling like successful mm -hmm. feeling like um i'd done something right mm -hmm. so your success is others success absolutely i try to um something i try to live into and no one's perfect of course But I try to live into this principle of um, when things aren't going well, I'm the one to show up and tell the story. Mm -hmm. When things are going great, my team can show up and tell mm -hmm. the story. Nice. What's your guilty pleasure? percent <laughs> <laughs> uh, dark chocolate. That's good guilty. That's my guilty <laughs> pleasure for sure. Um, you, at a certain point in your career, uh, decided to take a sabbatical. Yeah. Um, I'd love to... Do want to hear this story? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I took a sabbatical um, to travel for a year uh, with my family. So with three children, there were five, eight and ten um, at that time. 
and um, that was just a, a, a passion um, mm. of mine and I'd only came to the realization quite late that I have an absolute passion for travel and just maybe and maybe not even travel for discovery mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a curious person and I, um, I want to discover and the story behind it is is quite uh, uh, straightforward I think when I um, when I graduated from university uh, I grew up in Belgium in a small um, town here um, with a dedicated family but um, we didn't I didn't really I had no clue that there was a world out there mm-hmm. I had no idea that you could grab a backpack and travel there was no Instagram uh, no Facebook no no nothing to inspire um, some of that so I also I had no clue and so it's only as my world started to expand through work and I got the opportunity to travel for work as well as move continents um, for work and then later got into jobs that forced me or that not forced me that provided me the incredible opportunity to travel uh, all over Asia for example that I realized I have an absolute travel bug Hmm. and so gradually through work uh, the world became you know bigger for me um, at the same time, we started to travel more as a family. And then ultimately, um, the real catalyst for making that decision was that um, actually my, my father passed away when he was quite young. He was um, 39 when he was diagnosed with leukemia and 46 by the time he passed away. And that has made a profound impression mm-hmm. um, on my life. And so, of course, when I hit those milestones, 39 and 40, and you kind of wonder what if, you know, life can be very long, but also can be short. Mm-hmm. What if something like that would happen to me? What would I have wanted to have accomplished, mm-hmm. or who would I want to have served, or what would I want to have? Uh, would I have wanted to have done? And um, you know, that was going through my mind. Um, and then at a certain at a certain day, I was standing, and I'll never forget at the um, the airport in Colombo, in Sri Lanka, uh, on my way home from a business trip standing in line to get, you know, before you get into the airport to get your bag um, scanned. And there was this couple standing in front of me, you know, two big backpacks, flip-flops, stand. And I was struck by lightning in that moment. I was struck with the sense of, if only I could go back in time, I would do the same. They were maybe, you know, 20. Um, if only I could do this, I'd go, you know, if only I had known, I would have done that. If only, if only, if only. And so the entire flight home was this, but I can't, I've got a family, I've got a career, we'll never be able to pull this off. Uh, but that's really where the seed was planted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the com- and so that combination of factors, I think at, at, at a certain point in time, made me I just take the plunge and ask for a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll also never forget, I worked for an incredible mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, who I'm intensely grateful for, you know, my career and the opportunities. Um, But I was working for an amazing mentor, stepped into the office and said, you know, I think uh, I'd love to take a sabbatical, I'd love to travel. Um, You know, we can organize it such Mm. and such. I got this all figured out and go next year. What was your role at the time? Uh, I was vice president of sourcing and supply Mm. planning with Nike. Mm. And uh, so I thought, you know, it's going to take me 18 months mm-hmm. to get organized and train someone and hand all this over. We were going through a massive transformation. Um, 
but frankly he looked at me and said you know if this is what you want to do you got to go this is for your soul mm-hmm. and so wow. happened mm-hmm. yeah so I'm incredibly incredibly grateful to the people that have surrounded me throughout my career mm-hmm. and provided amazing opportunities to pursue mm-hmm. what is your biggest fear my biggest fear is that I will not be able to provide for my family mm. my biggest fear is um is is money driven really mm-hmm. is this fear that uh, I won't be able to give us a roof over our heads mm-hmm. and uh, has that put been food a, on the table mm-hmm. has that been a driving force absolutely mm-hmm. um, very much so I think uh, um, you know I, 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 I believe we all have kind of defining experiences in our childhood mm-hmm. that carry through in our adulthood and um, Uh, for me, apart from the obviously the the passing of my dad, um, the divorce of my parents also had a an, an, an very influential impact um, on me and the financial struggles that came with that for my mom from my mother specifically. So I vividly remember you know at some point thinking as you know my, my mom sometimes struggled to um, to provide for us, say that will never ever ever mm-hmm. happen to me. And so that's really been a driver in my life to, study hard, be a good student, get good grades, mm-hmm. um, work hard, pursue a career. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's been a, an, an enormous um, driving force. Mm-hmm. Maybe still is today. Um, what do people tend to come to you for advice? Oh, that's a great uh, question. What do people come to me for advice? I think it's mostly um, career pathing related. And, and, and they're probably also the most satisfying conversations for me is to you know, work, with, um, work with team members or, or people across the organization who are maybe you know, 10, 15 years, you know, um, quote unquote, behind me. That's not the right way of mm-hmm. saying it, but you know, more to, or, or earlier in their careers. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out where they want to go and how they're going to get there. And so to help uh, to help them craft their story, to help mm-hmm. them understand where they might want to go and how they could potentially get there. And then having honest dialogue about having honest dialogue about what that takes. And then for me, I think um, then engaging in that conversation, which what I call this, I, I call it powerfully vulnerable, which mm-hmm. I think is a fantastic term. But um, showing them that I too have to make trade-offs along my career mm-hmm. and that they're not always easy. And that I personally don't believe that you can have it all. And that I personally do believe that you make trade-off choices um, in your life um, as well. And so I think they come to me uh, for advice on career pathing. And I hope with that, um, I can show powerfully vulnerable to them and help them see that we're not superhumans, we're just humans. Mm-hmm. Um, as well mm-hmm. um, which routine mm-hmm. um, have you built into your week to mm-hmm. give you mental clarity oh yeah um, a number of different things um, there's micro moments you know there's micro things and big things um, first and foremost exercise keeps me sane mm-hmm. without exercise and like vigorous exercise 
I don't think I could mentally focus mm-hmm. um, the way we need to these days. So I've built into my week a routine of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple hours. And I spend, for example, my Saturday morning is not time for the family. Saturday morning is time where I spend... Yeah, I spend at the gym um, um, in a couple of rigorous um, training classes. So exercise for sure is one. Um, two, we try to eat healthy because mm-hmm. I notice that if I do eat healthy, I'm more clear mm-hmm. um, in my head. So two, three, um, I semi-regularly meditate mm-hmm. um, and it comes and goes in waves. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's daily for months and then not for months. Um, semi-regularly meditate um, and then take micro moments throughout the day where I joke and I'll say um, you know people see me stare out the window and go she's not doing anything or um, I go hide in the bathroom for a couple of cleansing breaths and people (laughs) say where'd she go Mm -hmm. Uh, but those are micro moments in the day that help me to refocus and regain Mm -hmm. regain clarity and be able to just start you know whatever's next Mm -hmm. um, with a clear with a clear mind okay thank you Mm -hmm. um are you confident? I am more confident now than I've ever been. I think uh, had you asked me three years ago, mm-hmm. the honest answer would have been maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. Today, the answer is, yeah, I think I'm confident. On a scale of one to ten? Today, I feel like an eight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's a good quote. <laughs> Tomorrow, my today, I feel like an eight. Yeah. How important is self-confidence? Um, I think, you know, I think it's really important to believe. I think it's really important. And I think it is really important to believe in yourself. So not confidence in this, in the way of arrogance, but confidence in the way of, I've got this. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best. I'm giving it my all. And I'm committed, I, you know, we have this phrase that says committed to the process, not to the mm-hmm. outcome. So um, I think that has, that has brought me so much. This, so the notion that um, I do my best, I give it my all, whatever the outcome may be, has given me tremendous confidence. If that makes sense. Yeah. How would you describe the way you dress? Huh. Uh, I I hope simplicity with an edge. I guess I don't want to be I don't want to be a, like a, a mainstream, mm-hmm. but not too far of the beaten path either. Um, there's a little bit of a rebel, I guess, mm-hmm. in me, and it's okay for that to come out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer trousers or a dress? Trousers with high heels. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, is your the way you dress the same outside of work as it is at work? Uh, no, I think it's different. I think, uh, and especially, and I notice, for example, between the Nike culture and the J&J culture, um, the way I dress has changed quite a bit mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, it's similar along the similar lines, but of course, corporate life is a little bit more corporate. Mm-hmm. If you have one year to live oh. and you receive a check yes. with unlimited funds uh-huh. today, what will yeah. you do tomorrow? Oh. 
well, to check with unlimited funds is quite tempting, right? <laughs> um, no, but I think... No, you're getting it anyway. Yeah, the, f- right, yeah. the first thing... The, the first thing I would want to do is I would absolutely want to do something for impoverished women um, in impoverished areas of the globe. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like. But I, but I know that by supporting these women, we can support communities and, and it has an enormous ripple effect. So the first mm-hmm. thing I would want to do is I'd want to do more mm-hmm. um, to give back. Mm-hmm. The second thing I would do is I would say, where's my backpack? (laughs) (laughs) Strap on my backpack and go see the seven wonders of the world. Mm. And, um, and meet and meet new people, explore the planet. Mm -hmm. You join us on a retreat in Mm -hmm. the Dominican Mm -hmm. Republic Mm -hmm. uh, in April last year. What has been the impact on your life since then? It's been profound. And I think also that's why I'm here today, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, the experience that we had in Dominican was came at just the right time uh, mm-hmm. for me. Um, and it really helped me to reconnect with the person behind the mask mm-hmm. and to take some of the mask um, off and to, you know, take another step in self-awareness of what's important to me mm-hmm. and to help build the confidence that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I met an incredible group of people, mm-hmm. again, connection, mm-hmm. uh, met an incredible group of people. We all showed up super vulnerable. Uh, we all took down our masks and had a very genuine conversation about life, um, really, and how we mm-hmm. want to live our lives and show up in life. So it's been, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. What was the best moment during the retreat? Oh, the singular best moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can rec- I don't know if it, like I can recall one specific Can you recall a, a difficult moment? Yeah, yes because uh, it because you do you know dig quite deep. Mm-hmm. I'm still going back to you know one of the one of the the best moments I think was uh, was this realization um, we had of course several facilitators Um, but also a, a wonderful woman doing amazing massages, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of the experience for me was discovering that uh, where I'd always you know, talked about ambition and happiness, mm-hmm. um, I came to the realization that uh, I've been driven mostly, I've le- leaned into and been driven mostly by the masculine energy that flows mm-hmm. through me, right? So that is... Um, drive, ambition, competition, um, you know, all those kind of mm-hmm. virtues and qualities, mm-hmm. but that I had um, under-nurtured, if you mm-hmm. will, my feminine energy. And I think mm-hmm. the main takeaway from that retreat has to recognize that to thrive, they have to be balanced. Mm-hmm. And to thrive um, and to be my authentic and whole self, I need to be able to be both. Mm-hmm. to live into both my feminine energy as well as my masculine energy. And I think that's been an enormous a, a, a moment in time that has helped me um, kind of take another step in my personal growth. Mm-hmm. Would the past year look the same if you wouldn't have done the retreat? No. No, I think it was very, very impactful. Yeah, no, and, and so I'm incredibly grateful 
um, in- incredibly grateful for mm. you know the opportunity, but also then the the facilitation, right? Uh, the uh, the facilitation by Mo, mm. by you, by Carlene, the um, the setting, mm-hmm. the group, the flow of the days. I think was simply yeah mm. one of the best retreats I've had. Wow. Yeah, along the years. Mm, you've lived in Belgium, Netherlands, the US, yeah, Switzerland, uh, Switzerland yeah. Uh, now. Yeah. Um, what, which place <gasps> do you prefer and why? Oh, that's an impossible question. Uh, because once you've moved once, the world becomes a much smaller place. Mm-hmm. And I've had kind of significant events in, in all of those, in all of the places that we lived. So... Um, my eldest son was born in the US my two other children were born in the Netherlands Um, but I have to say I love the mountains Mm. and so having the the privilege of living in Switzerland and Mm. having the mountains in my backyard Mm -hmm. is very very special can you maybe um, share one thing each country taught you um one thing each country taught me. Uh, so the U- so first, the US has taught me that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. It was the first international move we did. Mm. It was scary. Uh, but also the culture. Um, the culture of the country is yeah, any, anything, anything is possible. Um, the Netherlands taught me... Um, to debate and to communicate, I guess. Uh, and then Switzerland has taught me to relax and enjoy life. Mm. Do you ever feel lonely at the top? Oh, I'm not even. I don't think I'm even close. Um, close to the top. Uh, and I have an amazing team. Um, but I mean, to some extent, uh, to some extent, though, the, the role starts to come with additional responsibility, and the public uh, also sometimes a public persona that you need to, uh, or that you want to, and that you care to um, uphold. And that can be lonely sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that uh, um, yeah, that you play. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do, you know, you you, you mm-hmm. play the part. Mm-hmm. I think in all in in all reality, um, and lonely in the sense that uh, uh, it's, you do only get issues on your desk, mm-hmm. right? You do only at some point. You never hear the compliments. Mm-hmm. You don't know what people say behind you. You know, mm-hmm. behind your back. Yeah, of course, you do formal three sixties and mm-hmm. and all that. But uh, I do send. I do feel. Uh, uh, we should pay each other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. A couple more compliments every mm-hmm. now and then. <laughs> Do you have a hidden talent? A hidden talent? Do I have a hidden talent? I don't think so. I'm an open book. I think what you see, what you see is what you get. I don't think there's anything hidden. Do you have an underdeveloped talent? An, an underdeveloped talent. Oh, I, I, I wish 
uh, an underdeveloped talent is probably uh, you know in the areas of dancing, but also uh, um, I love to write. Mm. And maybe an underdeveloped talent would be you know maybe one day I'll do write a book mm-hmm. uh, because I I have an absolute love of uh, writing and of storytelling to some extent. Mm. I love being on stage. I know a lot of people hate it, but mm-hmm. I love storytelling on stage. And so I think that might be an underdeveloped talent. What do you love about yourself? That I'm honest and transparent. What do you hate about yourself? That I can be overly critical of myself. Um... Are you happy? I am. (laughs) (laughs) She says with a massive smile. I am, actually. I say to my own surprise, uh, yes, I am. It comes in waves, though. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it for everyone? It does for everyone, I'm sure. What makes you emotional? Oh, my children. Um, I can get what makes me emotional is my children and and by extension having had children myself seeing the absolute injustice that is done to kids around the world that can make me really upset uh, angry and I don't get angry uh, easily um, and emotional emotional with um, just just a feeling of you know inability to really do something Mm -hmm. about it Um, but I I get really emotional when you know uh, my little girl has made a, a a little drawing and has written in her in her best writing that she loves me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the only thing that counts. Mm. Um, there aren't a lot of women who are at your level. Mm-hmm. What is the secret? Oh. I don't think there's there's no secret. I do recognize. Um, the statistic at J&J is also, right, even in supply chain, we have gender parity. Um, so 50-50% female representation up to about director level. Mm-hmm. And then senior director, VP, senior VP. Um, yeah, the, the percentages drops dramatically. Um, and I have always, for the longest time, uh, kind of ignored this issue of gender parity and ignored my responsibility to... Um, to pull other women along or to recognize that potentially I could be a role model to others. I just, um, I thought if you work hard, you do your best, you know, it's careers about hard work, great mm-hmm. work, invisible work. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got, if I got here, then anybody else, anybody else can get here mm-hmm. too. And I've come to realize now that I look over my shoulder that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, um, I do have an accountability to role model, to uh, inspire and to pull, um, to pull other people along. Re- rephrase the question again, Jennifer. You state the question again. What is the secret to success? Oh, the, yeah, the secret to success for women. Then, you know, honestly, I think it's about choices. Mm. You can't like. To me, um, it's meant that we've made some pretty drastic choices. 
um, in our lives. Uh, my husband's a stay-at-home dad. As we mm. moved around the globe, there was just no other way for us to make it work as a family. Um, there's been times when I remember when my, my middle son was really young and we were on vacation, we would go swimming and he wouldn't swim with me. He'd only swim with dad because who was I really? Mm. Those moments hurt, right? Those moments are very impactful. Um, so I think the secret sauce is I've made those choices and mm-hmm. I don't regret them at all. Uh, so the secret sauce might be don't let society dictate who you can mm-hmm. and who you can't be. Mm-hmm. We all have uh, an ambition or an aspiration. Some women may be fulfilled or are, are fulfilled, are amazing full time mothers. That's just not who I am. Things like, you know, maybe that's the secret sauce is mm-hmm. just li- live into your own drive mm-hmm. um, and don't let anybody else tell you who to be mm-hmm. or who you should be what would you tell uh, peers um, who would like to join the 48 hour unplug retreats but think they don't have enough time I would tell them that that's a bogus argument <laughs> <laughs> we all have 48 hours again it's a choice you make right yeah. uh, 72 now but yeah. Yeah, or 72 <laughs> sorry but even 72 um, I think it's a choice uh, we make I think we all have 72 hours to, to give anything uh, more than anything um, it's time well spent you'll mm-hmm. get it back a hundredfold when you return mm-hmm. how digitally intoxicated are you <sighs> not even funny (laughs) (laughs) very Mm. embarrassingly (laughs) embarrassingly yeah it's it's i'm glued to my phone um i very much enjoy the perks of you know all the digital apps from uh you know paying my bills to having my travel documents so i'm on my phone all the time Mm. lots of emails unfortunately So during the retreat, you're unplugged. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what that meant for the experience? I remember coming at the retreat and you guys were pretty serious about actually like taking my phone mm-hmm. and my iPad mm-hmm. and everything else mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. storing it away. Mm-hmm. And I thought like this can't be happening. <laughs> uh-huh. Like we're not doing this. Yeah. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I caved because mm-hmm. it was part of the experience we were coming for. I swear that by the time you handed my phone back, I would have thrown it in the pool. Mm-hmm. I vividly remember, like, I don't want it. I mm-hmm. don't need it. It doesn't add anything to my life. Mm-hmm. I've had... Uh, yeah, that was quite an, that was quite an experience. Mm-hmm. It didn't last, though. I'm back on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, but I think it's mm-hmm. a really good... Uh, in in all honesty, though, it keeps it kept us all engaged with one another, mm-hmm. and it's an experience that we hardly ever have anymore. Mm-hmm. Wherever we go, uh, we're losing a lot of that connection mm-hmm. because someone's on. So mm-hmm. someone's on or on their, you know. And so, um, it really amplified the experience, and I think it is an an, an um, it's critically important mm-hmm. for for the journey. Yeah. Who do you look up to? 
Who do I look up to? Oh, there's, there's so many people. And at the same time, could I name someone famous? Um, you know, I just... Recently in, in November, was uh, had the opportunity to join um, in one week actually a um, Leaders Advancing Diversity um, conference and then the Women's um, Forum in Paris. And I was so incredibly inspired to find a tribe of women who are pushing in their careers, are pushing boundaries, are innovative, are creative, are confident. I think that's who, yeah, that's who I, I, and I felt like um, finding my tribe. So I would say I look up to, uh, I look up to some of these other women mm. who are also authentically, powerfully vulnerable mm -hmm. in life. Which advice would you give your 18-year-old self? To not stress so much. Mm -hmm. And to just be... And, and to just have confidence in my ability, in, in my ability to just be. Mm -hmm. um, I would tell my 18-year-old self that all the things that I was worrying about mm -hmm. really in the end didn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. So um, we have three minutes left. Mm -hmm. um, which advice do you have for us? Um, for who? Colleen and I. For, uh, for you and Caroline. Oh my gosh, I think the reason why I'm here mm -hmm. and the reason why I am so uh, proud and honored to mm -hmm. be godmother of mm -hmm. 48 Unplug is because of you two, right? So my advice would be to just push on, mm -hmm. to let nothing stop you, mm -hmm. and to um, continue on the journey that, that you're both on. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could give you any other... Well, let me rephrase that. No, I just really honestly believe my advice to you would be keep charging on and don't let anything or anyone stop you. Thank you. Um, which advice do you give your kids? I hope... Oh, and this, that's, so these types of questions do make me emotional. Um, I hope to inspire my children to be curious and global citizens. Mm -hmm. And the advice I try to give my kids, and it's not always easy, but the advice I try to live by is just go and try. Mm -hmm. What's the worst? Just go and try. Try to follow your talents. I try to really watch for what gives them innate joy mm -hmm. and inspire them that they can use those talents in any way, shape, or form they want to. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'd, I'd like to give them the advice to... Um, to have this growth mentality, to keep trying, to keep learning, to keep discovering, uh, but more, more so than anything else, to, to live into what makes them happy. Everything else will follow from there. Mm -hmm. Which question in this um, life do you want answered? Uh, which question do I want answered? I... 
why are we here? Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. We are such a, I think like all great philosophers, um, why are we here? Mm -hmm. None of this, and, and I, so I believe nothing, none of this really matters, um, except for the connection that you have with other people and the loving connections that you build with others. And so, um, what's the purpose of life? Mm -hmm. Why are we here? Mm -hmm. Well, we're nearly uh, at the end. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There we go. So my last question was going to be, what does time mean to you? But <laughs> oh, wow, Jennifer. Thank you very much. It's so much fun to do. And uh, keep pushing on yourself. Thank you.